Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Monday, November 14th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of minus one degree in Edmonton, minus seven degrees in Saskatoon, and five degrees in Toronto. And what are you holding, Everly? A new puppy. A brand new puppy. <laughs> What's his name? Dutton. Cutie pie. Awesome. Thanks for doing the weather, babe. Good morning, everybody. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Come join us on the live show. That's where it's at. Uh, feel free to listen to all the, you know, our podcast on all other podcast platform, platforms and iTunes and iTunes. What? Oh my gosh. iTunes and iTunes and iTunes. <laughs> Don't forget iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> what a start. <laughs> iTunes and your Spotify's and your Google Plays and your podcast addicts and your Google, your stitches and your And your Google Plays. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Got a little tickle in my throat this morning. It's just throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, I mean listen to whatever you want, but I mean definitely um a lot of people are like, what's this whole like pod bean thing? It's just like, you got some sort of stake in it or like, did you create your own app? I'm like, no, it's just, it's an app where I can broadcast my podcast live. Yeah. And, and, and you guys can be a part of it. Just like everybody who's joining in right now, everybody's in the chat. There's a chat. There's, um, uh, there's also a call in button or you can call in and ask any questions you want about real estate for free. You can also ask them in the chat as well if you want. Um, but it's just, it's, 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 it's a much better way to experience it. Um, we didn't have this kind of, we didn't have this kind of thing when we were growing up. <laughs> we didn't, <laughs> we didn't, it wasn't around. Like there, there was, there's no free coaching before. I mean, you, you paid $300, you know, to come some weekend seminar, they'd teach you the basics and then they, they'd upsell you to their $20,000 program at the back of the room. If you were lucky. You might get like a good piece, a good little nugget of information that weekend. Yeah, nuggets. So yeah, not like that. No, not like that. We uh, we want everyone to have access to free coaching, free information, free education, and uh, that's why we do it every morning. Um, so stop sliding into my DMs, start getting up early, and getting your questions answered. Right. Um, the cool thing is that you know. When, you, when you're joining live like this, there's so many other people that are asking questions and the questions that you're asking, they're all similar. All Everyone has the same questions, right? More, yeah, or, more less. or less. Yeah. More or less. I, I would say there's probably like a top five questions, uh, you know, that like everyone's trying to figure out, which, you know, by tuning in and asking those questions and listening to the people's, you know, uh, listening to the answers that other people are getting, you're going to get a really good idea of how to go about doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's a really great place to start before you go and invest in yourself. Everyone has to invest in themselves at some point. I'm sorry. I, if you're thinking that you can do it for free, it's, well, you're, you're delusional. You have to invest in yourself at some point. You're going to need a coach or a mentor at some point. 
if you want to scale to those audacious goals that I keep hearing you say. Okay. But when you're getting started, I get it. It's hard. It's, it's, it's a big decision. Take advantage of the free information. Take advantage of the free coaching. All you got to do is wake up early every morning, download that app, Podbean, and search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. And you can, we'll get you all your, all your questions answered every morning for you and get you started. Hopefully put some cash in your pocket, you know, maybe that first wholesale deal or maybe that first rent owned deal or maybe that first rental property, right? Or maybe that first fix and flip. And then uh, from there, you take those profits that you made and invest them into yourself, invest them into your education or a coaching program. So, um, yeah. Did that justify the reason to get up early? I think so. Yeah. I figured as much. And I wonder if we're going to have any uh, newbie listeners that we met on the flip tour this past weekend. Mm, yes. we. If uh, it is your first time listening, let us know. Yeah. Listening comments. in life, I should say. What do we got Let here us know today? in the chat. Oh, we got a lot of people here already. Mm-hmm. Had to scroll and scroll and scroll to get to the top of those comments. Kristen, Ken, Scotty P, Kyle, Courtney, Eric, Ryan, Don, Nathan. They Sean. said my name on the radio. <laughs> uh, female Don. We have male and female Dons. Ryan, did I say Ryan? May. Oh, yeah. Good morning, May. Chris. Carlos, Matt, Poof. Wayne's giving you a round of applause, Matt. <laughs> you know, for some reason, there's this one little mosquito that um, I don't know how he got in here. He was upstairs a couple days ago. He, he just, every time <laughs> I'm doing a show, he just flies by my screen. And I'm always thinking he's going to go into my coffee. So I'm always trying to like get him when you're, <laughs> what are we talking about? Good morning, Francis. Why is Nasir, that, Tammy? Why is Matt Cassie saying congrats? Puppy. Oh, puppy. <laughs> Good morning, Leo, Joshua. Gotcha. Denis, Chastin. Man, oh man. I don't even know. I haven't even read the comments. I'm just reading names. Cody. Good morning, Cody. Sheila. Nasir's here? Yeah. I don't. Have we met Nasir? Seems familiar. I know Nasir. I think I know his name. I don't know if he's coming to the show live before. Well, anyways, if it's your first time, let us know in the comments. Uh, if you guys got any questions, please put them down below. Matt just slid in in the back of the room. Yeah, we see you there, Matt. We see you sliding in there, <laughs> thinking that we wouldn't notice. Um, if you guys got any questions, please put them in the comments. Uh, we would love to answer them today. Uh, as per usual, no plans for the show. Um, so the quality of the show uh, will be determined uh, by the quality of your questions. Lack of questions means lack of show. <laughs> Nasir says, yes, first time I reached out on Instagram. Nice. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought I recognized the name. Um, I do get a lot of those yeah, Instagram just, yeah. DMs. And it's sometimes I need to see that's the profile that's, picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much what was happening on the weekend there at the bus tour. Someone would say, Hey, my name is James. And I'm like, James, <laughs> what's your last name? Once I can get the name, I can normally piece it together. Just like a million conversations. So yeah. a million small conversations. So sometimes I just need to get a little <laughs> refresher. This year's cracking the jokes. Is he? You said James and you're like James and he's like bond. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So this past weekend was pretty dope. Um, 
we had the two buses on the Calvin Realty uh, bus tour. Um, Gabby, uh, Gabby and I were hosted the third stop of, of four yeah. on the flip tour. Um, it's looking good. I mean, we went in there on Friday to check it out before. Yeah. Just to make sure everything was all good. And uh, yeah, flooring is pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, was there? I think flooring is done. Flooring is done? Okay. I don't even remember. To be honest, I didn't look around yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> or no, whenever I. that was, Saturday. I think we still need to put the flooring in the sunroom there. And, uh, yeah. uh, well, I mean, the carpet still needs to be installed upstairs, but that's just, yep. that'll be a last minute thing. We don't yep. need people walking over the carpet when it's, when it's brand new. Um, paint needs, I think one last coat of paint needs to be done upstairs. And then other than that, uh, paint the feature wall in the bedroom, mm-hmm. um, tile in the shower, um, all the bathroom hardware, mirrors yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, windows should be, oh, that was the other thing I was going to write down. Need to follow up on windows. Just, just give me a sec, guys. I got to make a note for today. <laughs> they should be here this week, shouldn't they? Tomorrow. And if yes. I haven't heard anything, and then I'm assuming they're delayed. Uh, windows should be installed tomorrow. Um, otherwise, upstairs, I mean, like I said, coat of paint, carpet, baseboards. Yep. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, light fixtures. Um, doors are all hanging. Um, then downstairs, man, what's going on with the kitchen? Is it going to get done? Or Yeah, I think today. Okay. I can't remember what day it was, but early this week, <clears throat> they were coming in to finish it. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and they're working uh, really fast on getting that basement uh, drywall up because we got um, suspended ceiling being installed. Later this week, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully they get her done in time. Uh, but yeah, anyways, it's looking really good. And we had lots of good feedback from that uh, from the bus people on the bus tour about that. Um, lots of great questions. I think I talked a little too much. <laughs> um, got down to the end of the bus tour and we were how far behind were we? Like an hour? Yeah. <laughs> eh, whenever anyone's got a question, I, I don't I don't, I don't think that was your fault. I think that was that was too long at the multi-flip because we stopped to do the picture and all that mm, kind of stuff. True. Yeah. I uh, Anytime it, it, anyone has a question, I don't like giving small basic answers, answers. Basic answers. No. <laughs> I, I was I was cursed with basic answers as, as when I was getting started. And like now I've like, I have this vow to never give a basic answer ever again. Um, so that like, if someone asks a question, like think about this gap, someone has, takes the time to slide into your DMS or someone takes the time to pull you aside and be like, Hey, I've been meaning to talk to you. Do you have a second? I really was curious about this. Mm-hmm. You have to stop and think like for you, you've, you've heard, you know, questions, lots, you get lots of questions, right? So for you, it's just like another day for this person. They took, it took a lot of energy and a lot of courage to be able to go and walk up to you to be able to ask that question. And it's not like they're just thinking about this for the first time. They've been thinking about this for a long time, trying to get this figured out. So when someone does that, I take, I I treat it with a lot of value. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to make sure that that person gets the appropriate answer so that they can take that information that they just gained from me and, and, and take action with it. For sure. And that's why sometimes like someone will ask a basic question on the morning show here and I'll go and talk about it for 25 minutes. It's not because I'm trying to fill a show. It's because I'm trying to give you the appropriate answer. And I want to, I want to give you the information that you need. And also I want to word it in a way that's going to put, you know, 
propel you forward as opposed to discourage you. Yeah. Because sometimes that answer isn't always the most empowering yeah, answer. Sure. Sometimes it makes you feel a little more insecure about it. Sometimes or Sometimes it's more... a truth bomb or a, oh, shit, I didn't know it was like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I had a great talk. Um, I had a coaching call yesterday um, with someone, and uh, we were talking about joint ventures. And I gave honest answers about joint ventures. Mm -hmm. If you do enough research about joint ventures, there's a lot of things that you need to avoid. A lot of things that you need to consider to make sure that you're doing them properly. Um, if you look closely enough at joint ventures, oh, this isn't here, I'm going to discourage people. Um, you'll notice that a lot of people are doing them wrong. Yeah, truth bomb. Um, you got to be very careful. And when you're advertising deals or opportunities on social media, um, just know that if someone were to complain about that, throwing a complaint to the Securities Commission or whatever, you know, governing body, you know, regulates that or controls that in your province, um, you could be in a lot of shit. Yeah. Right? And there's a lot of big influencers, mostly in Ontario. There's, there's a huge uh, community of influencers in Ontario that have been doing this for years. And, uh, and I mean, some of them will literally put guaranteed returns up on their sponsored ad on Facebook. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, we had a really good coaching call about that yesterday. But at the same time, I, I gave the guy, you know, the truth. But at the same time, I gave him the, I, I worded it in a way that was going to make sure that it didn't discourage him from moving forward. You can do this. However, if you want to do it right, you want to cover your ass, and you want to be successful about it, then this is how you do it, mm -hmm. right? Um, do not just hop into joint ventures without getting a little bit of education first, guys. Um, it's not that hard. A couple hundred bucks. Go spend a couple hundred bucks and take a course. Take a good course. If you guys need recommendations, I can send you a recommendation. But... Um, you want to make sure you're doing it properly because you do not want to find out that someone complained and put in a, you know, a complaint about, you know, you to the securities commission. And the next thing you know, you're, you're being accused of trading securities, which you do not yeah. have the license to do. Yeah. Hey, uh, Gabby. Yeah. Let's take a little quick little commercial break. Then we got a question from uh, Kyle. Sound good? Sounds awesome. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right, no sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we are back. We're back. Wayne, before we get to that question, could we quickly go over upcoming events? Hell yeah. I think you skipped over that, buddy. <laughs> I love when Everly calls you buddy. Yeah, there's 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 nothing there's nothing like being called buddy from your from your loving partner, <laughs> your wife. Sorry, um, I think we only have one upcoming event, but it's a gooder. It's the it's best. the event. It's the best. 
It's the best. Uh, we haven't done this since May. Wow. The Real Estate Investing Basic Training Bootcamp, November 19th. It is a full day, free, free bootcamp for real estate investors. So you're going to go, we're going to go over all the basic training, the fundamentals of real estate investing, everything you need to know about analyzing properties, how to buy for cash flow, how to analyze markets, different types of strategies that you can implement into your business. Um, you've probably been to one or two boot camps or maybe 11 because everybody and their dogs got in a boot camp now. Um, I like to think that we do it a little bit differently. I like to think that based on our values and our mantras uh, that we we legit care about success and we don't we don't sugarcoat things so that you know you just get the basic information. Um, I always go above and beyond. I always go over. And you know if you're and it's free for God's sakes. Like you know I could charge a hundred bucks for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the amount of information that's in there, think mm-hmm. think back to when we were getting started, how much they would have charged for something like this. Mm-hmm. Holy shit balls. <laughs> oh my God. It would have been a five to a, a five hundred to a thousand dollar course. Okay. So I want you guys to know how jam-packed it is with value. And if you are like, oh, should I really be wasting my whole day? Ask. I don't know. Go in the comments here. Or like go into Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group and say, Hey, Wayne told me to ask. Is this boot camp worth it? I'm not going to be offended. I certainly don't want you to waste eight to 10 hours of your day when you could be spending it with your family. Yeah. Legit. I don't want you to waste eight to 10 hours of your day if you could be gaming all weekend. You worked hard this week. You did. You know, turning that wrench, pressing that button. I know. The last thing I want you to do is, is to take time away from the things that you love doing. Okay. So if you're concerned about it, ask around. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're on the fence about real estate investing or you're trying to get into real estate investing, this is like where you got to be, you know, to to get that information, to get that kickstart. Okay. It's going to give you all the basics, hopefully enough information to get started. And from there, you know, you can start making a little bit of side cash, right? The very least, like I said earlier, wholesaling, right? Go do your first wholesale deal. Go find a deal, assign it to someone else and make five to 10 grand. That five to 10 grand might be that first course that you take, right? Take those profits, reinvest them in yourself. It's time to take this shit seriously. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Okay, November 19th. You can register for that on Eventbrite. The link is everywhere. My Instagram page, uh, my Facebook page, Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group, or just say, hey, I can't find it in the comments here. And someone will pass it to you. Yeah. Oh, it's in the, it's in the show notes. On Podbean, it's awesome. in the show notes on iTunes and Spotify. Okay. Or you can go into Eventbrite and type in Real Estate Investing Masters Basic Training Bootcamp. And one of these days we'll update our link trees. <laughs> I'll have my people on it. Yeah. Um, and yes, it is an online <clears throat> bootcamp. Yeah. Somebody asked here in the comments. Yeah. Uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's probably going to go a little late though. But, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Value. Mm-hmm. Extra Absolutely. value. Hey, sign up for that. Hope to see you guys there. Lots of people already signed up. I want to hit 500 people. That'd be really cool. I do. I want to hit 500 people. So, hey, um, maybe you've got a uh, maybe you got a joint venture partner or a prospect that's a little on the fence about real estate investing that wants to understand. And you just you've been trying to explain the basics of real estate investing and how powerful it can be. Hmm? 
Sound like a good idea? And and so, so what you do is you share this with them or share it on your social feed. And then if maybe they're on the fence about investing with you because they don't really understand it and you know they don't really want to listen to you say it, share the events that they come out, they get the basic information, and then maybe they're like, okay, cool, this does sound pretty good. Let's partner together. Right? Share it with as many people as possible. The more people who understand real estate investing, the more normal it becomes and the more likely that people are going to want to invest with you. You need to educate your joint venture prospects. Right? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, November 19th. See you guys there. <clears throat> awesome. Okay. Should we get to the questions? Yep. Uh, Got a few of them. Yep. And Gabby, you can answer this first question. What's your opinion <laughs> on 110-year-old properties? <laughs> What are you doing with it? Yeah, I think they look pretty cool. <laughs> Character. <laughs> Come on, Kyle. You think I'm going to let you off that easy? Okay. What's your opinion on 110-year-old properties? That's a well, very broad question. They're old. <laughs> they're old and they look cool. Character. They smell funny. <laughs> um, if you're holding on to it or if you're flipping it, you're probably going to have to pretty much replace everything yeah even the framing is it's junk by that point i mean how, how good is yeah what are what are foundations made out of 110 years ago mm, clay and bricks clay and bricks not good right well let's google it i i you know me my opinion is i will never buy anything that that is old enough to have a milk door except you did except that one property that we got an offer on yesterday Oh, so too. Didn't um, Parkview have a... Son of a bitch. Two properties have <laughs> milk doors. It doesn't have a milk door, does it? Uh, Parkview has a milk door? I thought it did. Maybe I'm lying. <laughs> I think it was closed off on the outside. There's still like... Maybe not. Mm. Sarah says that um, he had a 80-year-old <coughs> house and foundation and plumbing was a big issue. Older homes may have used different materials to serve as a foundation, such as slate, soil, or cobblestones, to name a few. Um, these types of foundations predate the more commonly used concrete slab, which is more durable. Kyle hmm. does say that it is concrete. What? Maybe they move the house. <laughs> Fieldstone, mostly. Interesting. Um, uh, what's 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 the strategy? Are you holding it as a long term rental, or are you flipping it, or are you doing? Um, what's that's it, right? Short term or long term? Yeah. Uh, he also has a comment in here fourplex. I'm I'm guessing that he's talking about this particular property. Oh, take take the property and, and turn it into it. a fourplex. Sorry. Oh God. Sorry. I mean. Yeah. Okay. All the big ticket items have been upgraded: electrical furnaces, hot water heaters, etc. What about like plumbing? Uh, I've never understood how some provinces will take those giant hundred-year-old houses and throw like seven units in them and call them a multifamily unit. <laughs> I've never understood it. I've never understood how those big old houses on the East Coast or Ontario—they're over a hundred years old—that are barely standing how people will put seven units in it and say i'm a multifamily investor now just like i don't know just like if i'm going to keep a property for a long term 
I want something that's sturdy. Yeah. That's just my opinion, though. Uh, it's, you know, if you're doing good on that, I mean. Yeah, so it's currently a legal, uh, legal four-unit building. Um, yeah, I, I don't even, like, my advice is, I guess, just to be really careful and get a really good inspection and think about, in, you know, if you're planning to hang on to it in the next, you know, in the next 10 to 20 years, what is going to come up? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, if you feel good with it, you got an inspection done and it's and it's sturdy. Um, I gave you my opinion. Um, on what my opinion is uh, that's maybe maybe that's just a lack of education. Um, I just like newer. I like newer because it's a, a probability is better. Um, the odds are better that it's 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 built to better codes um, because there was no codes back then. Better materials. Better materials. You know, there's a lot of arguments to be, you know, to be made that like they actually build them really cheap now. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just uh, I like newer because it's 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 there's codes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, but it sounds like all the wiring and everything all got updated. So mm -hmm. as long as it's sturdy and you got a home inspection done and it's and uh, it's not falling over anytime soon between now and when you want to sell it. And as well, if you're going to buy it, you know, make sure that if someone else is going to buy it after you, you know what I mean? Your opinion could be one thing, but if you go and try and sell that to me, I'm not going to buy it. And that may become a problem, right? So consider your exit strategy as well when you're purchasing a property. You can't just be thinking about the cash flow today. Um, what is your exit strategy? Will someone buy it? Is there, do people have opinions on properties like that? Just something to consider. Yeah. Well, and also, I guess, like, how long has it been on the market? Like, has it been sitting for months and months and months and nobody's touching it? Because that might be the situation. I when love you're... that shit, though. I mean, like, yeah. see, see, I'm drawn to things like that. I'm drawn to the, what people are scared of. However, yeah, but then sure... what's your, but you were talking about exit strategy. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like, Absolutely. that could be your situation, too. Is that Unless, of course, whatever the reason is that people aren't touching it is because, um, because of, things that need to be repaired. Yeah, there's an issue that can just and be if you, fixed. If you can repair or re resolve that issue, then obviously, then people will be drawn to it again. But, yeah. Um, what was Nasir referring to when he was talking about Calvert Mortgages? I do not know. He says, is that from Calvert Mortgages? No, that was quite a while ago. Um, I don't know what we were talking about. It was shortly after he said bond. You're talking about the flip tour, meeting people. Okay, well, I, I um, just uh, may, maybe clarify down below there, Nasir, and uh, yeah, we'll answer. And um, Gabby, you take a look at the bottom, and I'll I'll watch the the okay. comments here. Um, how would you approach a burr or flip if the sellers were open to a short term agreement for sale? Um, I would approach it the same way I do any other um, burr or flip. You know, the numbers still need to make sense. <clears throat> The only thing that would be different would be the holding costs. Um, because if you're able, and it really depends on the terms, uh, the financing terms that you're, uh, that you're getting from this agreement for sale, the seller financing. If the seller financing terms on this agreement for sale are favorable, meaning uh, they are a significantly lower interest rate than what you would normally obtain if you were to go with like a, you know, a private lender, then 
you are saving money on the holding costs. I'll give you an example. If you were to go to a private lender and they charged you 15% interest, um, let's use 12% interest uh, just for easier math. 12% interest on a $400,000 house would be um, uh, $4,000 a month. Is that correct? Ah, just too early. Give me a sec. I'm pretty sure I'm right. was right. Um, so that'd be $4,000 of interest every month. Okay. Cause what I did was I went 400,000 times 12% is, uh, is 48,000. And I divided it by the 12 months, which is $4,000 a month. Okay. Now, if you were, uh, if your seller was going to give you uh, 3% interest, um, because they have a mortgage that they locked in, um, uh, a couple of years ago, and they have it at 3% interest. And they're going to give you uh, an agreement for sale or seller financing for six months while you renovate the property. Your monthly costs would be $1,000 a month, your monthly interest costs. So you're saving $3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to use that for the full six months that they offer you, so you have a four month renovation and two months on the market, you are going to save $18,000. You have a savings of $3,000 a month times six months, $18,000. So the difference, you know, between going with, you know, conventional private lender for a flip or a burr, um, as opposed to getting a short-term agreement for sale would be about $18,000 in holding costs. So you might approach it a little bit differently because um, if you would normally have to offer a certain price for a burr or a flip because you need the numbers to work, you may be able to actually offer the seller up to $18,000 more on the purchase price because of the fact that you're saving $18,000 on the holding costs. Does that make sense? You still need the numbers to work. You still have you know, your buy box for what you need to buy that property for. You still have your after repair value, which you can't change. You still have your renovation costs, which you can't change. The only thing it changes is your holding cost because there's the potential. Again, so long as the seller has good desirable financing terms for you, um, the only thing it changes is the holding cost. So if you can save money on the holding cost, it means that you can spend more money on the renovation. Um, you can you have a little more wiggle room on your after repaired value if it doesn't come in where you want it to. And then lastly, you have a, up to $18,000 that you can offer more to the seller. Um it's a great negotiating tool. If mm -hmm. if your seller is like stuck on a certain price and it's like eighteen thousand dollars more than what you can make it, like if that you can that you can pay, and yeah. you can say, "Hey, I tell you what, I can give you that eighteen that extra eighteen thousand dollars. However, I'm going to need some terms from you to make it work for me. How about you carry the financing for six months while I do the renovations?" I'm going to save a little bit of money on my holding costs and I can pay you an extra $18,000. So they get their extra $18,000. They don't give a shit. Yeah. They have to wait a little bit longer for their money. But do you think that they'd be willing to wait an extra six months for $18,000? Yeah, I would. As long as I, you know, a, a lawyer can assure me that this is all above board and there's contracts and I'm safe and someone's not scamming me. As long as I had that assurance... Yeah, I'd wait for my money for an additional 
Hell yeah. Six months. Like how much are they expecting to get back? Let's say they're expecting to get $60,000 back in equity. And if they wait six months for that $60,000 and they get an additional 18, that means they got a 30% return on their equity. 18,000 is 30% of 60,000. By leaving your equity in that deal for an additional six months, your ROE, your returning your equity, would be 30%. That's a really good offer. Right? I think it's a great strategy. It's a great negotiation tool. Yeah. Right? For those deals that are really close, but you just can't get it where you need it to be. Yeah. Um, There was another part of the question about um, if it's a burr. And does an agreement for sale make that a little difficult? Uh, yes. Because title stays in the seller's name. Go take an agreement for sale course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a terrific question. But yeah, like... J- that is a terrific question. And that is why I always tell people that I don't talk about agreement for sales on the morning show because there's so many little complicated nuances that you need to understand. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want is for someone to hear what I just said Right. And oh, fuck me, Gabby. There's a lot of people that are practicing and offering a green for sales right now in our market that is pissing me off because I know for a fact they haven't taken a course. Yeah. With all these little nuances, if I what the last thing I want is, is for someone to go out and start making agreement for sale offers and throwing it on a napkin. Right. And saying, oh, don't worry about it. I'll take over this. And oh, yeah, you'll have this and everything else. And and then screwing over some poor family. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're doing. So that's why I don't talk about it on the morning show. But yes, you made a great point that technically you cannot refinance unless your name is on title. I totally understand. There are ways around that. If you guys are interested in agreement for sales, two options. One, well, Barry Maguire's course is the only option. Okay. Yeah, that is, don't take anyone else's. It's You'll be steered. It's it's the only course that you need to take. Um, Barry is the OG, and he's a real estate lawyer, so he's like you know that it's done properly. So go to barrymaguire.ca. Barry puts on a green for sale courses every year. Plus, he's got online home study kits as well, which have all the audio, video, documents, workshop, sorry, um, workbooks, and everything else um, that you need. Uh, additionally, we actually have full access to all of Barry Maguire's courses in the Real Estate Investing Masters Mentorship Program. So when you join Masters, you get access to the joint venture course, the wholesaling course, the agreement for sale course, like I just talked about, rent to owns, and fix and flip. So all of their courses you get for free when you join Masters. So if you're kind of on the fence about joining Masters and you're thinking, but I also maybe I want to do agreement for sales, maybe just hold off and join Masters and then get free access to the courses. It's just a like you're getting like $4,500 worth of courses for free when you join Masters, plus all of the other courses that we have in monthly workshops. So it might just be better on, that's one of those rare uh, cases where I'd say just hold off and get the best bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, you know, when you're ready to, like if you're thinking like, oh man, that sounds freaking cool. I want to do fix and flips, but I want the seller to carry the mortgage and the financing. Yeah, agreement for sales, 100%. If you're looking to, you know, build up your portfolio as well and you don't have any money and you want to, again, get the seller to carry financing while you rent the property out, 100% agreement for sales. That's how I started my portfolio. We ran out of money. We ran out of joint venture prospects and we decided, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do agreement for sales. And we did really well at it. 
and I'm really, really, really good at finding them. Like I'm really good at it. I don't talk about it so much anymore because I don't do it anymore. Like I don't, I don't buy properties by way of a grant for sale anymore because I'm just, it's just not what I'm focusing on right now. But for anyone who's ever had, you know, who's ever had a conversation with me about it, that, that is my jam. I know, I know I I could pick up 10 agreement for sales this month if I put my heart to it. So anyways, I get excited about that stuff, but we're not talking about that today. <laughs> Go take the course, please, please. And then I'll talk, then book a coaching call with me and I will, I will talk your ear off on how to get deals. Um, Cody asked, and then Taylor, I think, uh, responded in the, in the chat. Cody asked, can you explain what made you decide to keep the front window? So Cody is referring to our fix and flip that was on the bus tour this past weekend. Um, the windows were in really great shape at our fix and flip. Um, they actually replaced, and I'm, I'm probably got the terminology wrong on this, but the, the outside trim on the windows, like the capping, Normally, when you have wood frame windows, there there would be a wood frame on the exterior. But at some point, they replaced the trim and capping around the uh, windows, and they updated them to white. So they're brand new, like capping trim on the outside of the house. So when I when I walked up to this house and I saw the pictures, I'm like, oh yeah, f yeah, like the windows have been replaced. This is amazing because I just saved. You know, it's it's very expensive to replace windows. Mm-hmm. And then when I got inside, I looked and I'm like, what the shit? They're wood frame. And um, I'm like, God damn it. They look so good from the outside and they look really good on the inside. There's no, there's no deterioration. There's no water damage. Um, and they're in great shape. The problem was, was that even though I can paint the, the wood, you know, from brown to white, um, the screens and also the the glass inserts have a metal trim around them, a metal, a metal color trim. And because of that, I can't paint that. So if I leave those windows, it's going to be extremely noticeable when you've got that, you know, metal color on the, uh, what are you doing? Sorry. Our daughter needs a phone charger. Yeah. Just sorry, in the middle of this conversation, she's like just like feeding all these cords around me. <laughs> um, it would be so incredibly noticeable. And here's the thing about windows: you can replace the windows, and no one like you could. Sp- and and to replace all the windows in the house would be twenty, just a little under twenty five thousand dollars. It's a big house. Yeah. Crazy. To replace all those windows would be twenty five grand. We could tell them that we just replaced all the brand new windows with brand new windows. And they'd be like, oh, okay, cool. But I swear to God, if I didn't replace those windows, they'd be like, oh, the windows aren't replaced. Oh, they're they're going to be leaking in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things that you kind of have to do. And um, it's and you get nothing back from it. Yeah. The value will not increase. All it does is just increases the desirability. Yeah. Cause- Gives them a little assurance like, oh, okay, that the windows have been updated. We were talking about this in the bus tour though, like, you know, what, what do you put in the description when you're selling a property, a flip property? And, you know, do you put in like that brand new big windows? No, it's a waste of real estate on the, on the description because nobody gives a shit that there's brand new windows. They only give a shit when they're not replaced. Yeah. So 
Uh, now that that front window that Cody was asking about, that one there was like a five or six thousand dollar window. Yeah, I thought it was even more. I thought that, and I might be confusing properties, but I thought it was like seven grand. Like those we big, were. big front windows are expensive. Yeah, and you know we already were at you know seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars on windows already, but and then add on the other six or seven, it's like it's very expensive. So we decided for that one that we would um, that we would paint the the trim and leave that front window. It's in really great shape. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, so it is. Um, we decided to keep it and then replace all the other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just a money thing. Um and we just decided that it was that that one there we could definitely keep. The other ones were were work were looking a lot worse. Um I wish I had a little more wiggle room and I wish we didn't run into issues uh with contractors and like if 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 all things went properly and correctly we should have been done this in October. And it's not our current contractor's uh, problem, by the way. It was just previous, and there's other things that we ran into. Um, and unfortunately, because of that, it pushed us. And, and also the fact that the windows were were so delayed and they wouldn't mm -hmm. be ordered until this week. Um, when we looked at that, it's like November. We're like, oh, God, it's pushing us into November. We're not going to be like, this thing's not going to be on the market till like December. Yeah. And you may as well just keep it off the market for December and January. You're not going to get any buyers. Nobody wants to move over Christmas or New Year's Eve. So when we considered that, it was like, do we, like, we're going to lose money. You know what I mean? We're losing holding costs because um, it's going to be sitting on the market longer. And because of that, and because of the fact that there's going to be limited buyers, like if we had October, October would have been okay. September would have been great. But because there's limited buyers in these winter months, and then plus the interest rates, it's just like, I know that we're probably going to get less than what we expected and less buyers. And based on that, I need to save money wherever I can. So we went through the house and we're like, okay, we'll cut this, we'll cut this, we'll cut this, we'll cut this. Not like we're cutting corners. It's just like, these are the, this is where we're going to save money. Mm -hmm. That's going to, that's going to save us. So that was the thought process. Another great example was the fireplace. We wanted to build a wall over top of the fireplace and do our typical electric fireplace with shiplap, right? But, you know, the cost of doing that is, again, close to like five grand, right? So you think about just those two decisions right there, save $10,000. Yeah. And that $10,000 might save our ass in the future or it might be the extra $10,000 of profit that we needed, right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, next question. Um, maybe I'll let you tackle this one. Alan asks, uh, are condos worth the investment? What is your view on the condo market in Edmonton? Uh, like, Alan, are you talking about like, like co apartment condo or condominium in general? Why don't you just talk about both? The first one's a very easy one to. No. <laughs> apartment condos in, in Edmonton are, are not a great idea or in most, in most markets, most markets to be honest. Yeah. Um, condo fees are way too high now there's probably you know alan's from ontario i think he's close to toronto there's there is a little niche little market there for like um, short-term rentals you know what i mean and i'm sure a few people that are in the, the downtown core of edmonton or calgary are gonna say you know yeah well you can do short-term rentals and there's really great money to be made yeah absolutely 
Um, but if your condo board allows it, if the condo board allows it and, um, if the numbers work, right. So do your research on that. Um, I wouldn't dabble. I wouldn't buy a a one bedroom apartment or two bedroom apartment just to say, Oh, okay, cool. Let's see if this short-term rental thing works. I wouldn't dabble. Just pick one and go with it. Um, the other option is townhouse condos, which is completely different. Um, and we love, I actually love townhouse condos. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get them with reasonable condo fees and um, and they've really taken care of the property and you can see that it's well managed, they are fantastic rental properties. People stay longer. They love that they have their own unit. Uh, usually they have their own little yard space. Not always, but definitely look for ones that do because that 100% increases desirability for young families. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to stay for like five plus years. Yeah. Because they have their own space. It's not like they're moving from a basement into a main floor. Then they still need to get away from their neighbors. So then they're going to move to a single family house. Like they're in their own unit. Yeah. Um, so they are fantastic. And the rent is coming up on them as well. Yeah. So I, I personally love townhouses. <laughs> I think that they are one of the easiest properties to fill vacancies on. And like I said, people stay. Yeah. You, normally, once you move into like, once you have renters in like single family homes, they're usually transitioning to home ownership, I find. Yeah. Whereas with townhouses, it's kind of just like this nice little middle, middle class. I don't know how to. Lower middle. Lower middle class that will just kind of like stay there. That's what they can afford and they'll just stay. There is no shortage of tenants within that affordability range. Yeah. It's a very, um, if you look at your tenant pools, um, you know, for the people that make under $80,000 a year, that's the people that are going to be living in the main floor, basement suite, townhouse, and apartment units, right? Um, Gabby made a great point about single family houses. I freaking love the tenant profile for oh, single family awesome. houses. Yeah. Because the the tenant profile for single family houses um, is, you know, like you're uh, educated tradespeople, um, educated uh, people with degrees and stuff like that, but they're just saving up for their down payment. They can afford that rent. Um, and because they can afford it, in a lot of cases, they are, they're in a position where eventually they're going to be able to get into home ownership. And please don't take these things the wrong way. This is just, this is just a really deep analysis that you need to understand. And please don't take offense to, uh, you know, any of these comments, like I'm, I'm criticizing or, or judging people. Um, Historically, uh, townhouse rentals are for, for pe- people who can afford a little bit less, but they still want their own space, right? And that Gabby nailed it on the head that um, they, they stay much longer. I also find, again, please don't take my words the wrong way. I find that the expectations for um, quality of the units is much lower um, because most townhouse rentals, they, let's be honest, they look like shit. Yeah, I mean, so the bar is yeah, very low. They're de- most townhouses definitely aren't like brand new. Like, and normally when people like renovate even like main floors and like secondary suites, they're doing everything brand new. Townhouses are just like usually pretty original, rent ready, a little bit updated. You know, over the years, this this and that has been replaced. Maybe it's been painted. Yeah, but yeah, it's fairly original. You'll find original vanities, original tubs and toilets. Like, yeah, yeah. and the expectations are lower. Like yeah. I said the bar yeah. is pretty low. Um, which makes things kind of easy. I mean, like you can still have a good functioning safe house 
Um, but you don't have to go spend $90,000 on updating everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's lots of pros and cons to townhouses, which, you know, I'd love to get into today, but I, I feel like there's not enough time. But a lot of people are going to be like, okay, well, condo fees, and they could potentially raise the condo fees. I had a great conversation on the bus with someone about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know what you don't know. And I can tell you that what I know, if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't be as concerned. Because I know how to review condo docs. I know how to review reserve fund studies. Okay. And if you want my help reviewing that kind of stuff, book a coaching call. I'll walk you through it in an hour and I'll show you how to do it. Okay. If you understand how to review those documents, you will actually see that you can determine whether a condo board is being managed properly or not. Mm-hmm. You can see what the condo fees are going to be for the next few years. Yeah. Right. If you review the reserve fund properly, you know how to look at it, you can actually determine whether the condo fees are going to go up at all in the next 10 years if you know how to look at it properly, right? And there's just just it's just an understanding of how to look at those those documents. It's a very big document, very overwhelming. Um, the only real reason that would force condo fees to go up or special assessments is unforeseen things, right? We own a townhouse, um, by way of a grain for sale, ironically, and um, one unit they found rotting behind the wood siding. And they determined that it needed to be replaced. And then they did some spot checking and a few others. And they found rotting in those as well. They're like, okay, we definitely need to replace these. And then they had a huge board meeting and they they called on, they, they did a, um, um, did a vote through all the owners, like a hundred owners. And because um, people were complaining that they, what do we do about this wood siding? Do we replace it with wood? And they're like, oh, no, we don't want to replace it with wood. If we're going to spend this money, we may as well get hardy board. And then the other owners were like, well, hang on a second. Are you only replacing those units with hardy board and then leaving the old wood siding and all the other ones? We should replace all of it with hardy board. It's like a $2.5 million project that was not in the reserve fund study. It was not part of the plan. They did not allocate condo fees for this, right? So like, well, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to pull a loan and everyone's going to have to do a, you know, pay extra special assessment. And the numbers they were looking at originally were like, well, 100 units, $2.5 million project. So $25,000 each, right? And everyone's like, oh, I'm not paying $25,000. And they're like, oh, it's okay. We'll just get a loan and then you can pay minimum payments on top of your condo fees, which ultimately increases your condo fees. Um, people are losing their shit because of this now and this special assessments and these payments. Now it's going to lower the value of this condo. And like, so, but that's just an example of how condo fees can go up, unforeseen things, right? A sewer line collapses, right? Or, you know, they find carpenter ants, you know, something along those lines. That's how condo fees go up. So if you understand townhouses and and understand, sorry, how to review reserve fund documents and condo docs, um, you can see truly if it's being managed properly and if these condo fees are okay. Um, So that's a big con. Pros, uh, oh, here's another con. Townhouses do not appreciate as well as uh, single family houses. Mm-hmm. Single family house values go up. Condo stay the same. Yeah. So don't bank on any appreciation. That right there alone, those two things scare people away from townhouses yeah. and condos. Right. Let that alone scare people away from it. Well, what Gabby explained was, was really interesting. And this is stuff that people don't consider. I I'm a mathematics guy. You know that. 
I, I, I will run the math. Even with those two uh, fairly negative um, uh, points that I made about townhouses, the fact that people will stay for five to 10 years almost counterbalances that. Mm-hmm. Think about it. What is your largest expense on a rental property? Vacancy. And? Repairs. Repairs and maintenance. Think about it. Your repairs and maintenance, repairs, let's just say repairs. Your repairs and vacancy are typically your biggest expenses. If people are, you know, moving into your single family house and then moving in a year, that means on average, you have one month vacancy. You're, it's going to be sitting empty for a month while you find a new tenant. It's very hard to find a new tenant while people are still living there and they have moving boxes everywhere. No one can see themselves living in a house when someone else is living there and there's boxes everywhere. So they move out, you clean it, right? And then it sits empty for a month if you're lucky and then you replace the tenant. But you have to cover the expenses that month. 14, 1500 bucks, whatever it is. On top of that, when they move out, there's normal wear and tear, right? And if they damage the previous tenants, damage the property, then you take it out of their security deposit. That's fine. But if people are moving every year and like moving their mattress out and their, and their dresser and stuff like that, they're going to ding the wall, which is like kind of sort of wear and tear. And they're going to scuff the floors and that kind of stuff. When you have people moving every year, that's when you notice, you know, the laminate flooring is starting to separate and, you know, the baseboard fell off. Right. And, you know, there's a chip in the tub, things that you would normally have to repair when someone moves out. So every time someone moves out, you have to repair those things. You're spending like three, 400 bucks out of your, you know, your reserve that you allocated for those repairs and maintenance every single time. But if the person never moved out, and the laminate was pulling apart and the baseboard fell off and there was a chip in the tub, you wouldn't replace it because they still live there and they're not complaining. So think about the amount of savings and repairs that you would have if over the next 10 years you had no turnover compared to if you had 10 turnovers, right? And if you had, if you had to do repairs every single time, 10 times, and you had one month of vacancy, every single time for 10, for 10 years. Look at the savings you just made, right? So when you think about it that way, the, the amount of extra savings that you're making from that kind of counters the other negative stuff, mm-hmm. right? So that's something to consider. I mean, I've always been against townhouses, condos, but I will admit that I, I, the, a lot of this stuff is my opinion and everybody has opinions and every, everybody has buttholes. You know the old saying. Um, through our experiences over the last 10 years, I look at it and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I should have bought more townhouses <laughs> because guess what? My resident, my, 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 my single family houses didn't appreciate either, to be honest, over the last 10 years. So, yeah. um, I think there's really good opportunities in, in townhouses if well, so you can find the right ones. Well, so your tenants aren't complaining. Like, suited properties are great and all, but, like, man, they're a nightmare with 
tenant disputes and all that kind of stuff. Nobody complains in a townhouse unless something actually is wrong. Yeah. Like something needs to be fixed or that type of thing. But you're not getting complaints about neighbors and about this and that. And yeah. yeah. The, the houses with the basement suites, um, Ontario calls them duplexes. Um, Western Canada calls them suited houses. Um, yeah, they sure do get a lot of complaints. And it's mostly tenant complaints. Yeah. Like we had. We and it's had, nitpicky stuff. It's oh. just like so stupid. <laughs> hey, the basement tenant's supposed to be shoveling the snow. They shoveled all the walkways, but they never shoveled to the garbage cans. And I got to go out there and I got to trek through the snow to put the garbage out. And if they don't do it again, then I'm going to take it off my rent. I'm quoting an literal, email that we got last week. Email. <laughs> um, that's like the bullshit that I had, you know, that you have to deal with, you know, and then like that ruined my day. Motherfucker, tell me he's going to take it off my rent. I'll show him. You already I'll hate show him. him. You already hate him, though. <laughs> I'll show him the section of the RTA that says that he can't withhold rent. And if he does, I'm going to go after him and I'm going to. <laughs> fucking freeze his bank account and fucking garnish his wages, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it just put me in a shitty mood. I'm a pretty nice guy. You know what I mean? I start my day off, I help people out, and then I got to put up with that garbage that that poison gets entered into my life. You know what I mean? I, I work so hard to audit my circle and surround myself with nice people. I got to deal with this douchebag. How many swear words did I say in the last minute? 60 Lots. seconds. <laughs> I just taught your children an all new vocabulary. <laughs> Damn near new language. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it, so, I mean, on paper, find like the numbers mathematically, houses with basement suites are by far the best on paper. Um, but when you take all that into consideration, everything I just talked about for the last 10 minutes, you know, form your own opinion. You know, think like a critical thinker and, and tell me what you think is right. Mm -hmm. Um, it really comes down to you and what you're trying to achieve, the goals that you're trying to achieve. And if, you know, if, if you can manage the shit out of those, you know, suited houses and make a better profit, then absolutely do that. I mean, that's what we hold. Half our properties are suited properties. We don't own that many townhouses, to be honest. Um, yeah, just a few. The only ones that we bought were by way of a green for sale. And, um, and we have lots of single family houses, which we love single family houses. Cause why? Cause they stay nice and long and they're really great to deal with. And they, I like, I, I half of those properties I haven't seen in years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't even, I'm like, who's in there? Yeah. From time to time, they might say a Samsung microwave is, you know, shit the bed. And, and so we send it out a client stuck. That's just, just want to throw an extra jab at Samsung. Um, <laughs> Because everybody else loves to too. Um, yeah, that'd be it. Like, hey, my microwave's not working. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We sent an appliance stack, 80 bucks, done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I had to do it all different, I mean, maybe I might consider a different approach. Um, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to say that I, I might have been wrong. It's, an, it's just, it's intimidating when you don't know. When you don't know how to analyze those condo docs, it's <laughs> people just get totally freaked out. Yeah. So it's, yeah, once, once you know how, it's not scary. And you can actually hire people. There's companies that review the docs for you. So if you put in an offer on a place, um, the seller needs to send the condo docs. There's a, a condition state that they need to send it by. And you can have them professionally reviewed. I can't remember how much it costs. 
100 or 150 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. I that's just totally I, uh, I don't for know. For the Conrad offer review? Yeah. Uh uh closer to 250. Okay, whatever. Worth it. Just like an inspection. Yeah, um, it's what the cost of an inspection. That's why I said like if you guys are like reviewing reserve fund studies in Condodocs, um, you can pay a Condodoc review company or you can just like book a coaching call with me and a review a Condodoc review company. A few people have done this actually. Um, you, if you hire a review company, they're just going to review it for you and walk you through it. But if you like book a coaching call with me, I'll just teach you how to do it so you never have to book one ever again. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's entirely up to you. It makes no difference to me. But I, I love going through those those documents. They're kind of fun. It's yeah. kind of like a little... Like it's a like, little, what are we going to find? Let's see what we can find. You know, let's <laughs> see if they did it. Oh, wow, what's this? I did one uh, with an investor uh, a couple months ago. And uh, yeah, we, we noticed something kind of in the middle there. I'm like, oh, what's this? And then we started like going through all the, the monthly, uh, you know, minutes for, for the, the, the condo. What do you call them? Condo board meetings. Condo board meetings. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, we found some stuff. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, this makes sense. They were talking about it here, but then they didn't have a meeting for three months because of the pandemic. And then you could see they talked about it here. And then we kind of put the pieces together. Yeah. Um, exactly what was going on, because you're not like you have to do that little, you know, Nancy Drew, you know, Hardy Boys type thing in order to to find those little yeah, things. Yeah, piece it all together. Piece yeah. it all together to figure out did they do it? Why is this here? Why did the condo fees go up? It says here. The condo fees were not supposed; they were supposed to go up in twenty four in sorry twenty twenty four, and then again in twenty twenty six. But the condo fees went up in in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. Why is that? Mm-hmm. And we could see, oh, because of the Calgary flood, all of the condo insurance um, uh, condo insurance went up uh, because of that. They were trying to recoup their losses, so every condo um, board in Alberta, all the insurance went up and they needed to capture those costs. So they increased the condo fees by 20 bucks and we put all that together. So it's really fun. I I like doing that stuff Mm -hmm. rather than just like someone telling me, okay, yep, they're going to replace Susan's step on unit two in 2025. And, uh, they're planning to redo all the siding in 2027. So therefore they're increasing the condo fees, uh, progressively over the next five years to make sure they capture that and allocate those funds. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just quickly ripping through this chat. You know what? I'll probably do it after the show instead. If you guys had additional- I think that was the last of the questions I scrolled through. I got a, I got a lot. But if there wasn't any additional questions that we missed, then I will definitely get those um, tomorrow for you. And um, uh, yeah, what, what a lovely show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank Thanks you guys. Questions. Yeah, some awesome questions. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that gave you guys lots of um, good information. Are you putting the dog up to the mic just in the event that he might just bark? I was handed a puppy a few minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. uh, Is today Monday? Yeah, today's Monday. Okay, tomorrow's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 